Hello, and welcome to Fantasy Talk Show, a place where heroes come to tell their stories. Our guest today is Uma, a dork, or half-dwarf, half-orc, from the city of Falconhaven in the Forgotten Realms. In this interview, we talk about some small-town drama that happened when she was young, how she's persevered through so much bullying, how she handles said bullies, and how she came to meet her current adventuring party. So without further ado, Uma, welcome to Fantasy Talk Show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'd like to start by asking you to just tell us a little bit about who you are and the world that you come from. Sure. So I am Uma Zur. Hello, everybody out there listening. And uh, I come from the Sword Coast. You will know it probably more as uh, the Forgotten Realms or Faerun. And uh, it's mostly known for Baldur's Gate and uh, Waterdeep, Neverwinter. Um, and I hail actually from a small town just outside of Baldur's Gate, a couple days ride called Falconhaven. And currently um, I'm traveling with a group of fellow adventurers and we are taking on some small time adventures. We're just getting started. Well, right on. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Small time adventures turn into big time adventures. And even if they don't, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fun to be had in small time adventures. But before we get into your current adventures, can you tell me a little bit about what your life was like before you met your current adventuring party, or maybe tell us what event set you on the hero's path? Sure. So I come from a small town, as I said, it's called Falconhaven, about a two days ride southeast of Baldur's Gate. Um, not a lot of people there. On a good day, there might be about 150, mostly humans, elves, dwarves, and half-elves, of course. Um, it is not really known for exporting anything. We mostly kept to ourselves for, for the most part. And um, yeah, it wasn't really much to write home about at the time when I was growing up anyway. Interestingly, I, I don't know if it's that interesting, but... The town is actually called um, Falconhaven because back in the day, the founders had been kind of traveling along, trying to find a, a good place to settle down. And there was a small nest, or at least this is the this is the legend, uh, a small nest of falcons that had fallen from a tree nearby, and they were about to be devoured by some foxes. Of course, as time has gone on, the foxes have turned into dragons and all this other nonsense but as it goes <laughs> but um they saved the falcons and i guess when they were looking around they decided it was a really good spot to settle down and so that's how falcon haven was born for the most part it's farmers and tradesmen and and others kind of traveling back and forth to Baldur's gate to get resources when needed yeah that's pretty that's a pretty cool origin story uh, I'm actually a little bit familiar with Falconhaven. I hail from a small town myself, and I like uh, I like to look into uh, other small towns. I heard there was actually an incident there a while ago. It made small town news, but still, it was pretty big that a like a little elven boy disappeared from there. It might have been about twenty years ago, so maybe you were a little young. But do you remember when that happened? Um, yeah i i rem I remember that. It yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big deal at the time. Yeah, it was a it seemed pretty big deal. He was like a, a well-respected, the son anyway, of a well-respected uh, man in, inside the, the village. Did you happen to know the boy or the father? Yeah, uh, so the 
so the boy's name was it was Kelvin Aidy. Um, his his dad, Almer, he, he was he was like a, a jack of all trades kind of um made it made him one of the more popular and well respected people in the town and or elves, I would say. And and yeah, so it was a, it was a sad time. His son Kelvin went missing and and they never found him. Um it, it shook up a lot of people back then. I, I was about 10 years old at the time. Are, are you okay? Is 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 this kind of hard to talk about for you? Sorry, I didn't no. mean to bring up a sore topic. No, no, I, I actually hadn't even thought about it at all in about, you know, since it happened. Was there a general consensus as to what happened to him? Maybe even a town rumor about some big bad out there or anything? Uh, well, he, they definitely found some evidence. Uh, at least I heard that they'd found evidence that he might have met a, a not so great end. I, I don't think that anyone believes that he's still alive, although mm. it could happen. You never know. Um, he, there weren't a lot of kids in the town, as you would imagine. Oh, sure. Maybe 15 of us or so. And yeah, I knew. I knew Kelvin. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, sorry, I got I got excited. I didn't mean to, to drudge up old old uh, feelings or anything. I think you were you were telling me about uh, your life before heroes, uh, or your life before this adventuring party. Did you uh, were you close to your your parents, your mother, your father, any relatives like that? Yeah, actually. So uh, my mom and my dad they are both really great and supportive people. Um, so my dad, his name is Eric Kane, and he is uh, the blacksmith at. I I don't want to get too uh, stereotypical, but he's a dwarf and um, he does do traditional kind of smithy background, specializing in hammers. He battle hammers. He really enjoys making those. And he taught me how to make um, my own great sword, which I I have. Uh, Yeah. And I can do my own repairs on it and everything. And then my mother, her name is Nagri. Hi, mom. And she is my biggest fan. And uh, she was a former soldier, actually. And she was uh, focused on healing magic. And it was kind of interesting little little love story between the two of them she was actually um passing through with her her uh, military unit and uh she stopped by my dad's shop and I guess she just kind of really took a liking to him but she says he didn't he didn't see it so um (laughs) She oblivious, huh? Yeah. And then when there was the local dance, uh, she stopped by and I think she forced him to dance with her. And then she left. And when she came back a couple months later, um, she decided to stay. And oh wow. He um I guess had no choice <laughs> in the matter. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he's complaining like, uh, about it, though. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like he probably was was fine with it, based on your description of their uh, relationship. Yeah, so he it's kind of a fun union, I would say. My dad's about 
ah, oh, he's he's a few inches shorter than me. Uh, but my mom is super tall. She's like probably six and a half, seven feet tall. So, oh, wow. and I'm only four feet tall. So it's it it was a it's an interesting um it's an interesting union. I'll say that there's she no other just, um half orcs in the town. So she just picked both you up on her shoulders. Yeah, and she used to all the time when I was little. <laughs> oh, that's fun. As you grew up, uh, was there any calling to adventure? Was there any, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, the call of the wild? What what pulled you out of your family and your smithy shop to hit the open road and do an adventure? Well, really, my mom, she... Um, being a, a lifelong soldier, she kind of had that itch for me, I think, from the beginning. Um, but I had no interest in joining any military unit. That's just not my my personality. And I think she would agree. I would not make it in the military. But, um, yeah, she taught me all about Tempest and pretty much everything I know other than smithing uh, came from my mom. She's very supportive and proud. She taught me how to maintain my composure and and allow it to only be released when when it would do the most good. Um, right she taught me how to like read a room and how to heal people and how to pay attention for danger. So when it, time passed, it, I, I didn't have the the most fun, I would say, in Falconhaven, being the um, the, the child of a half orc and a dwarf, there was no one else like me in the very, very small town. So I didn't have any friends at all, none at oh, all, which was fine. It was fine. I learned a lot of, of things from that experience and mostly that I just kind of needed to get out of there and go see the rest of the world and, and show people that you can have that kind of experience and still share joy and healing and all of that with people around you. So my mom was, yeah, she was pretty supportive. She said, go out there and I'd probably be happier and, and meet a lot of different unique individuals, which I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty great. I'm assuming the unique individuals uh, that you're closest with are your current adventuring party. Would you mind telling me a little bit about uh, them and your relationships with them? Sure. Yes. So um, I guess the whole party started with me and Gary. So Gary, his his full name is Garaxis. And I don't think anybody else is allowed to call him Gary, but he's never ah. complained when I've said it. Um, <laughs> so we actually met in in a bar. I've been traveling for a little bit. Not really, I guess they'd say striking out everywhere I went. Um, but we were chilling out in a bar and, uh, I noticed him, this big blue half dragon kind of with a snarl on his face all the time. And I thought that's the perfect, perfect individual for me to go talk to. And so I sat down next to him and we got to talking that evening and, um, he was saying that his sister, uh, Langdedrosa Cyanrath, that's actually his surname as well, um, had gone missing and he was uh, looking for her. 
I guess she went missing of her own volition. So she kind of took off and he was really worried and he wanted to find her. So I thought, I'll help you do it. Let's go. And he didn't say yes, but he didn't say no either. And then we just started traveling together. That's pretty great. Yeah, it was it. It's been a very great experience to travel with him. He's he's a little um, he's a little gruff sometimes, but he he's In a lovable. He, way. I know how to yeah, I know how to get get on his soft side. And then after a little bit of traveling, we ended up uh, at a different bar, which is something that I noticed that a lot of adventurers do. Just kind of bar hop. I kind of feel like it's an excuse. You're not really adventuring. <laughs> You're just going from one bar to the next. But um, yeah, we were there at some other bar somewhere and we heard a commotion behind us and turned around to see this elf. I'm pretty sure he's a wood elf standing there, fists up, ready to fight probably seven or eight different people uh, around a table. I think he had like been playing a game and maybe he accidentally cheated. I don't know, (laughs) but they were pissed and they were ready to fight him. And he, I don't think understood that he wasn't going to win. So Gary and I, we jumped in. We, I like to say we won, but we definitely didn't lose. Um, (laughs) And we, uh, we kind of took him under our wing and, and that's how we met Varro. He he's a monk who I'm pretty sure was kicked out of his um, temple, but he doesn't like to talk about it too much. So I don't know exactly why, mm. but he likes to punch things wicked hard, as he says. Wicked hard. <laughs> yeah. Right on. That's his solution to everything. Actually, he just says to just punch it really hard. Is or sorry, wicked hard. He is very very good at punching things wicked hard. Right on. Garaxus is our uh, is our cleric, and he is very good at um, healing. But also, being a half blue dragon, he's got some pretty epic lightning spells that he oh, can shoot yeah. right out of his mouth. So, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a weaponized breath, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty scary sometimes. And then the last person that we just recently met is actually named Elar, and he is an Eladrin. And I'm pretty sure that he is a a warlock of some kind because he seems to have some connections with, I'll just say like dark arts. Hmm. Some of the, the creatures he's summoned are a little bit on the hellish side. So Ah, yes. He joined us also probably pretty uh, reluctantly, but we were, funnily enough, we were reaching for the exact same adventure posting on the bulletin board. I got to it faster. And um, and then I just kind of told him that he could be part of our group. It's fate. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, a little bit of a trend where he didn't necessarily say yes, but he's been traveling with us. And so now it's a thing. Mm-hmm. He's had every and, opportunity to walk away. Yes, that's what I say in my own head. <laughs> uh, but he uh, definitely pretty broody. I think he comes from the Feywild and he doesn't really understand how most things work because he takes things very literally sometimes. But um, I don't know if he liked me at first, but I think I'm growing on him. Oh, right on. So you said you were reaching for the same uh, adventure... Posting is that 
Is that kind of what I understood from that? Yeah, so we had actually traveled to a small town and uh, there was a, I don't know if it's like a festival or some kind of event where there's a bunch of adventure postings up and adventurers go and you try to grab the best one. We got there really late. Hmm. And so we got the last one, but it was totally fine. Yeah. And um, I might have seen Elar about to grab it and rushed over, but... (laughs) You know, we Sniped we needed it. the work and, and he needed a group. There was no way he was going to be able to do it all by himself. And what was the adventure posting for? What is, I'm assuming that's the, your current adventure that you're out doing. Yes. So we have been tasked with figuring out a mystery of why the farmer's animals are being killed. Oh, no. And from what I understand, the posting said something about orcs, which... Um, based off of at least the preliminary information that I know of and being a, a half half orc myself, I don't really think that it is orcs. Um, mm. But if it is, I can at least talk to them and yeah. we'll see how it goes. Maybe I can talk them into a, a more reasonable um, encounter instead of, instead of fighting. Sure. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. It sounds like your adventuring group is uh, pretty early on in the stages of of adventuring. Do you have any grand plans for what the future adventures should look like or goals for the types of adventures you want to eventually uh, go to or anything like that? Um. Well, I definitely would like to help Gary find his sister. Mm, and yeah. and determine what happened there. I feel like that's going to be a, a pretty big adventure um, because we kind of have no idea where she went or where to go, and I'm pretty sure we have no leads. Uh, oh, and then no. <laughs> Varro, I don't really know what Varro wants. I think he wants to maybe um, redeem himself from, from getting kicked out of his monastery or temple or wherever he came from. So I'd really like to help with that as well. And then um, Elar, he's, he's mentioned a brother. So I'm wondering if maybe there's, if there's some opportunity to help him as well. Um, But when it comes to myself, I, I don't really have any plans other than to just help as many people as I can and and uh, bring honor to to Tempest and bring honor to my mother and my and my father and hopefully do right by all of them. It's very important, I know, to my mom that uh, I continue spreading the word of, of Tempest. I am a paladin of devotion to the God of War and Lord of Battles. And um, it is something that I take very, very ser- seriously. And there are three tenets that rule that uh, oath of devotion. And that is to be fearless, to never turn away from a fight, and to obey the rules of war. And I think I've done a pretty good job of holding to those three tenets up to now. Yeah, that sounds kind of fulfilling, just sort of adventuring around helping people as uh, a goal unto itself that's uh that sounds like a a paladin's work for sure thank you help helping others looking far into the future uh and maybe it's it's hard to look this far into the future but you know maybe we'll give it a shot 
some people like to settle down. Some people don't want to settle down. So I'm changing this question to what do you consider your happy ending? Wow. Some people find a happy ending in the warrior's death. Some people want to settle down and have a family. Uh, do you have goals that far forward looking? That's a really tough question. I, I don't know. I don't, I would love to find maybe others out there who are like me. I, I'm sure I can't be the only dork in the uh, Forgotten Realms. The dork being half dwarf, half orc, yes? Yes. I might be the only one who calls my, me, myself, me, myself, a dork. Um, but I like it. It's cute. I think it'll stick. <laughs> I think so. So I, I think ultimately I, I would like to find someone else like me if they exist, which I assume they do. Um, in terms of settling down, yeah, I hadn't really thought that far ahead. To be honest, I'm I'm 30 years old. I have no idea how long I will live because my father is a dwarf and they live to... 350, 400 years, but my mother oh, wow. is a half work and they have a traditional kind of human lifespan of maybe 60 to 80 to 100 years. So I I might have quite a bit of time or not. And oh, um, wow. yeah, it, it's a little bit daunting and a little bit scary. So I don't think that far ahead because is happy ending 200 years from now or 50 years from now. I, I don't really know. It's best to focus on the happy journey. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right on. I like that. Uh, I have some viewer questions, uh, oh. if you don't mind. Uh, let's Bring start. them on. First of, all, uh, first of all, this is a familiar face. Elar asks, why are you so gosh darn nice? Well, Elar. Um... I guess my, I, I would answer that with another question of why not? Actually, being really nice is a, 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 a very good way of, you can sometimes, as I said, that the second tenant of, um, of Tempest is to never turn away from a fight. Now, I kind of interpret that in my own way, where it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to engage in the fight, you just don't turn away from it. And sometimes um, being super nice to people is a really good way to either uh, de-escalate a situation hmm. or escalate it to the point where maybe you're not the one throwing the first punch. So um, I do that quite quite often. Um, and. For example, the, the night that I met Elar, um, we actually ran into this very unpleasant, I believe it was, was an elf, an elven bard. And I knew right away as he walked in the door and gave me the, the up and down kind of disgusted eyes look oh, that gross. he and I, we were going to get along great. And so... He started uh, playing up on stage at a certain point. Apparently, a very, very popular elf in this in this town. Was he good? Uh, so what? Uh, I don't actually remember because as he was playing, uh, Gary ended up using his thaumaturgy to make it sound 
and also smell like he was farting up a storm and possibly <laughs> pooping in his pants. And so while he was doing that, yes, I just kept on yelling, it's totally fine. We didn't even hear it. You're doing great up there. It's wonderful. We can't smell a thing. And oh my gosh. He was so livid by the end. It just brought me so much joy. And yet I knew he was not going to fight me in the middle of a bar, being a, a, a bard type and me with my great sword at my back, even though I was probably half his, half his height, but that kind of thing. I mean, I was being very nice, but also not at the same time. <laughs> and so sometimes yeah. you just have to just kill him with kindness. Yeah. Right on. I, I like that. I like that. That's a, that's a good approach for, uh, somebody looking to, uh, Engage in fights, but not necessarily battle. Yes. Or at least not turn away from them. Never turn away from a fight. Right on. So it, using this tactic, does it usually de-escalate? Which one happens more, the de-escalation or the escalation to battle? Uh, that really depends on whoever you're you're dealing with. I will say we had a, an adventure before this one. It was just Gary and Varro and myself. Um, but at the end of the adventure, we came across this door. And when we knocked on the door, there was a floating gauntlet. And the hand was was just kind of floating in front of us. And it was it was a pretty decent sized hand. Um, it was just like ethereal, kind of there, but not attached to anything. And um, we tried to pass it, and it was not having it it kept closing the door in Varro's face and Varro kept pushing and pushing and pushing the door and it kept closing the door and I'm pretty sure Varro tried to punch it and it either punched him first or just kind of slammed the door in his face and I pulled him back and I said hold on and then I looked at the hand and I said can we please pass through here Mr. Hand and um it opened the other door and we were able to walk right through. So, oh, wow. Just ask, huh? Yeah. All you had to do was be nice to it. And so I, I do try to do that most of the time, at least as a default. And if it works, then great. And if not, then my great sword is strapped very easily to my back and I can whip it out, as they say. Sure. Excellent. I have another question. It's from an anonymous friend that wants to know, do you secretly have a crush on Elar? An anonymous friend? Huh. I've said all I can. Well, not yet, but... Not yet? Anything is possible. I mean, we did just meet, and I don't know if he really likes me, but you never know. We, we seem like we're probably uh, oil and water a little bit, but stranger things have happened. I am a half dwarf, half orc after all. Yeah. Anonymous friend. I don't have any friends <laughs> except well, for Gary. You got, you, apparently you got one that uh, you don't know about maybe, or maybe it was oh. Gary the whole, Garaxus the whole time. Another question. Mm, Cheese Cat asks, how do you feel about other races that are labeled inherently evil? Do you want to give individuals the opportunity to prove their goodness or evilness? Yeah, I always try to give everyone 
the benefit of the doubt. I don't truly believe that everyone is evil in a particular race. So again, using my mom as an example, I don't know exactly her origins, but she's a half orc. So could that have been from the uh, love of, of an orc and, and some other race? Most likely. And yeah, I don't know. There, there's all kinds of races out there. And being from a small town, I haven't met most of them. So hmm. my default is to give benefit of the doubt. And then um, we'll see from there. But I'm not really one to paint an entire race, even from just a few that I might meet on my travels. So every individual gets gets a chance with me. Right on. I think that's very fair. The final question comes from Garaxis himself. And he asks, do you feel a pull towards one side of your genetic lineage over the other? What do you look to take from both sides? Um, so orcs and dwarves are both pretty aggressive, generally, and really, really loud. And so my parents fit into that pretty well. Um, not to say that they were yelling at each other. I, I guess maybe I would say they were yelling with each other all the time. <laughs> and um, I, for some reason, am not that way. I'm very, very quiet in, in, in a general sense. I mean, I talk a lot, but in terms of yelling and screaming, that's not really how I approach things. So uh, I like to think that I got the, when it matters, aggressive and loud and powerful uh, from both sides of the the dwarfs and the orcs. The rest of it, my mom would even say she doesn't really know where I came from. Uh, so I don't know, nothing that I would take in particular. I think I, I have uh, inherited enough orcish and dwarvish resilience that comes out in battle as needed. I like that. Garax's final question. What friends did you have before you met him? Well, Gary, you were my first friend. Aww. None. I, I didn't have any friends except for my mom. Um, and and that was fine. I there there were times when I was growing up that maybe I thought I had friends, but it usually turned out to be like a joke or a prank or something. So after, uh, probably after age 10, I, I mostly spent my time at home. So Gary, you have the luxury of being my very first friend. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. Yes. He, Gary is, um, he's like a brother to me. Yeah, well, that's very sweet. I like that. Uh, well, I think that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for coming on to my show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. You're doing a wonderful job and I can't wait to listen to the next one. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to my interview with Uma. She's a character from the mind of Izzy using the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition system, as well as a player character for the Nat 30s. If you enjoyed Uma's stories and want to experience more, go follow the Nat 30s Twitter page at twitter.com slash nat 30s. And especially check out the Nat 30s on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Nat 30s. 
Izzy appears as Uma on Tuesdays at around 6 p.m. Pacific time, but the whole crew streams several days a week, including weekend streams where Izzy actually DMs. Make sure to tune in, give them a follow, and interact with them live on stream. I can tell you from experience that it's always a good time. As always, make sure to check out the podcast description for all of the mentioned content links. Thank you to Josiah Piles for the cover art and to Kylan Small for the intro and outro music of the podcast. Please check out the links in the podcast description for more of their content. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me or other like-minded adventurers, join the Fantasy Talk Show Discord. You can join by clicking the link in the description. Also, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash fantasy talk show or my Twitter page at twitter.com slash fantasy pod show. Talk to you soon.